Hello there. Welcome back to the latest episode of Switch It, the only cricket podcast social media influencers are listening to. Fairly quiet while we've been away. Just the announcement of a new England coach, a couple of touring parties to New Zealand, and the first ever draft in British sporting history, as hundreds took a step closer to reality. We'll do what we can to jazz it up. To that end, I'm joined by an all-star cast in the studio. Firstly, a warm welcome to Mark Butcher, England legend and Dylan impersonator. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Merv. When is the single uh, out, Friday, uh, Butcher? 25th. 25th. <laughs> we, we managed to get permission from the Dylan estate to uh, to carve up their, literally, carve up his, <laughs> uh, his great 60s anthem. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't think I heard it much over the summer. Actually. No, no, it was, it was, um, it was tucked away. Um, very nice of, 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 of people to show it a thousand times a day. <laughs> there were yeah. A couple of rain breaks and it would buy a popper. Yeah. Um, and presumably your wardrobe is, is bulging with uh, extra colourful shirts after the CPL. Do they let you keep those? No, I, no. They, <laughs> I, the, uh, the Caribbean is littered with, well, the hotel rooms are littered with the, uh, the ones that were knocked out because we had to wear, we had to wear shirts pertaining to the teams playing. So, right. so um, you know, the St. Lucia one never saw the light of day. <laughs> um, uh, the Amazon Warriors, uh, who managed to win 11 out of 11 before inevitably losing the final... Um, you know, I, I thought about bringing one of those home in sympathy, but decided it was best to leave it. Really, <laughs> stuck it on eBay. I'm, sh- I'm sure. Um, I'm sure Matt would have been interested. They, they were burning <laughs> them uh, in Trinidad that, that <laughs> afternoon. So, <laughs> um, alongside Butch on this extra cosy sofa setup, two members of Cricket Writing's Golden Generation, ESPN Cricket Info's own Elfin Wunderkind, <laughs> assistant editor Matt Roller, uh, and the one that got away. Tim Wigmore, respected journalist, author, and former prodigy turned Eminence Grease among the data boys. <laughs> Good to have you back, Tim. You've been you've been here before. Yeah, uh, six years ago during the, the uh, Australia when Australia got battered in India four 0 and the Homework Gate series. So uh, a lot Mickey has happened Arthur. there. Yeah, Mickey mm. Arthur, the dog days of Mickey Arthur. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've come yeah. back round again, haven't they? Because yeah. he's been given the heave ho um, fairly recently. <laughs> By Pakistan. Um, talking of homework, you've been doing yours. You've got something to plug as well. Yeah, I've got a new book out called Cricket 2.0 Inside the T20 Revolution. Uh, yeah, it's out, it's out now. Uh, I'm sure Mark Butcher is very excited to get his copy. I'm very, very excited. I know, especially as it's going to be obsolete once the 100 uh, kicks off. So, uh, <laughs> I'm already been quoted in an article by, by Matt Rowland, no, no less. So, uh, yeah. Reaching our target audience. There we go. Uh, but yeah, we, we talked. We talked to uh, all the right o- friends. O- over eighty, uh, over eighty people uh, from around yeah, the twenty like revolution. It. Uh, they're a little on the old side. Don't don't talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not their thing. Where, where does the how does the term cricket two sit with you? But are you ready for an upgrade? I, I most definitely yeah. Because uh, the, mo- the moment what, you stand what still, what software are you running? The moment you stand still in this game. <laughs> well, at the end of the Caribbean, it's kind of it's got a, it's a little bit soggy. I'm um, in need of a rewire. So yeah, two is good for me good uh, well since we are perched and comfortably here right on the cutting edge uh, let's get straight into the hundred uh, it's a dirty word for some but everyone was looking uh, pretty fresh and clean at Sky's studios on Sunday night where 96 player names were pulled from a digital hat at the inaugural draft um, from, tr- from Trent Rockets all the way through to Birmingham Phoenix each of the eight teams loaded up on talent ahead of the competition which will be held in July and August next year Butch what was your take on the event? Well it looked great didn't it? 
Um, there's no shiny. doubt about that. The, the like sort spaceship of, had landed. Yeah, I, the um, the whole presentation was was magnificent. It's kind of you know I, I, I'm not I haven't watched an enormous amount of of drafts from other sports around the world. I tend to kind of um, miss out on that and that particular part of it for for the basic reason they go on forever <laughs> and um, and listening to, to how much money other people are earning is, is never something that amuses <laughs> me that much so um, but but in terms of you know they've gone at it all guns blazing sort of thrown an enormous amount of money at it it looked fantastic um, and I'm sure there were one or two players who were very happy with the way that, that turned, things turned out I'm sure there were one or two who were absolutely spewing about how it turned out but that's the uh, that's the nature of the beast the sort of the socialist model for sport which is something actually I tend to kind of agree with. I think it would it would make a uh, it would certainly spruce up one of the one or two of the other leagues that have been dominated mm-hmm. by uh, by the teams that have the most money um, in in other sports. And it's one of the things I think you can look to the states for to um, as 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 a, as a leading as you know the leading mm. propagators of, of the way that sports should be run. If if every the start of every year every team has an equal chance of winning, then. Uh, then it's not going to be a bad a bad gig, is it? Mm, famous fans of socialism over in the US, of course. Um, well, but that's the beauty. That's the yeah. incredible thing, isn't it? Their sport is the one thing where they kind of try and make it so that it's equal for everybody. Nothing else is. But that's it. No. there you go. Socialism for the rich in America. <laughs> we, we won't get into yeah. the politics here. So. Um, Matt, you wrote extensively uh, in the build-up about how the draft would work and what the teams might be looking for. Uh, did things run as you'd expected, or were there some surprises? Uh, well, there were definitely some surprises. I think everyone saw um, Josh Butler's face after Manchester <laughs> Originals plump for uh, Dane Villas, who's uh, managed to become pretty much the best-paid player in the competition when you throw in his probable 10, 10K uh, captain's bonus. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, um, I think the main trends... Um, that we were expecting did develop. I think teams generally loaded up on uh, on spin, um, especially ones uh, like Manchester who are going to be playing at uh, slower, lower venues where the pass score is going to be 10, 15 runs lower than uh, some you know flatter pitches like Trent Bridge. Uh, and I think one of the one of the real standouts was the fact that um, teams really did go for. Um, the players they thought would win them the most games rather than uh, marketing. You know, you looked at the player list of people who were entering their names into the draft and you saw, you know, Gail, Afridi, Malinga, all the guys that, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago the Blast would have loved to have had um, and occasionally did. But I think the fact that um, those names were, were left unsold and you had people like Case Ahmed, uh, Sandeep Lamachane, Fabian Allen getting gigs showed... Um, that this is a, a competition that teams are taking very seriously. I mean, that's the interesting thing about it, because the lessons that have been learned, or, 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 or the, the view that has been taken from the beginnings of the IPL, etc., when it was as much about um, the marketing, about as much about getting recognisable faces, recognisable names on board, um, until the competition itself had become serious enough to sustain itself. The hundred has kind of started in that position, when the entire point of the 100 as far as I could tell was as a marketing exercise to get lots and lots of people interested with as many big names as possible <laughs> um, and so already the, the it's contradicting itself before we've even started um, nobody could have seen that happening of course uh, 
but it, but it has. No. You know, well, you've, a simplified you've got... game with entirely new playing conditions. Yeah. We... <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, we don't, we don't even go there. But just from that from from that that point that, that Matt's making, you kind of you've already sort of you've already you've already touched upon an area whereby the the players that not the players the, the management and the, and the teams are kind of thinking very much along the lines of winning the thing. Whereas the entire you know the, the point of it is actually not the winning at the moment. The point mm. of it is is the show. Um, and so to so perhaps. The wisdom in terms of um, not spending your money on somebody like Chris Gale as a as a as a as a manager is is interesting mm. is is probably is probably absolutely justified, but the wisdom of leaving out perhaps the most recognisable face in in short form cricket um, as a marketing exercise. Yeah, somebody yeah, maybe they maybe no they should have had, maybe somebody should have had a chat. Maybe they should have had a little bit of a discussion between them as to what the objectives were with this whole thing. Yeah, and they've got they've had all this criticism the hundred for being a marketing exercise, which of course it is in so many ways. Mm. And there's sort of their response to that has always been this is serious sport, teams are going to win, mm. and they've possibly taken that lesson on board a little bit too too much mm. from the hundreds point point of view. Um, I suppose, but the other thing slightly against that is. The fact so many teams are pumped for so many players from their home their home catcher and mm. Dane Vera is the most extreme example of that. I think Trent Rockets had seven, seven players from from Nottingham, mm. uh, not Nottinghamshire. So I think the the idea there partly it's about you know these guys now to play on you know whether it's you know Old Trafford, Trent Bridge, or whatever those specific the specifics there. But I think mm. it's also an element of you know we've alienated the traditional county supporters so so much. So if we if we if we take you know four or five players. From the team we represent, at least that gives them a bit of a figure to cling on to. Um, whether that will work, I don't know. But that's yeah, that's that's been that was the odd odd thing. I think we thought there'd be a bit of that, but that happened a lot more than than people thought. And I mean, yeah, I mean the the nothing the, the Trent team is is half half of that is is not. Um, so it's it's a bit peculiar the way that's 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 panned out. And that that there's there is a bit of discontent uh, simmering out there, sort of a bit of them and us, obviously with. 500 odd players in the draw, 350 or whatever it was, local domestic players, and that is a that in itself is a term which is uh, a bit broader than just English uh, or English qualified. <laughs> but um, <Right> Brexit <laughs> <laughs> again, we'll leave the politics out of this, Tim. Bessie can mention it in his uh, post-match presses, as, uh, as I think he did today in uh, uh, in India, but. Um, there is a, a a little bit of a. It was inevitably going to be a division. You've talked to uh, uh, some players about kind of those who came close and perhaps missed out, um, and that them and us mentality that is at risk um, of developing. Yeah, I think it's a real sort of worry, especially because there's going to be quite a few um, players who are using the blast. Well, one of the worries is that people will be using the blast not just because they want to win games for their counties, but also almost entirely as a shop window to try and prove their point for the 100 in future. So Because there are those wild card picks as well. Uh, yeah, so you have, you have eight, each team gets a new pick at the, end of, uh, at the end of May next year, I think it is, when the blast group stage finishes, and you know teams will instantly be looking for value that they can find in that competition, and I think it is you know, a slight worry that it might, um, to an extent, compromise the integrity of the competition if you've got players who are saying, right, I need to be bumped up the order because I need <laughs> no. to face... I that conversation with Ravi Bopara about moving down to six would have been a lot harder. Yeah, exactly, mean? because yeah. you want to you want to prove your skills as much as possible. And then I th- I think the other problem is probably maybe the inconsistency in terms of um, analysts and coaches picking players so in from the associated counties. So you have the extreme example, as Tim said, was uh, Trent Rockets picking as many Knotts players as they did. But then you also had 
picks like uh, London Spirit um, with Adam Rossington right at the end and I think maybe if North Hans hadn't been ex- associated with the London Spirit team that might not have happened equally the stories about you know certain teams uh, picking players from uh, catchment area counties as their term towards the end of the draft um, partly because they want uh, to be able to win over that county but, supporters. See, but that makes perfect sense to me. But I it think makes perfect sense that you would do that because for for exactly that reason. I mean, listen, there 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 has to be there has to be a certain amount of PR in all of this. That that just does. Um, you know, give it if if the thing lasts, you know, out of the first couple of seasons, then maybe you could start. You'd see people doing things entirely on the on the merits of the picks, and it might be a little bit more spicy during the during the draft because of that. But at the moment. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if there, there'd been a not a directive, not something that was you know not something that was written down that you could have used in evidence against you. <laughs> but there was a you know <laughs> there, the, well. you know it might be a good idea if you've got two players who are who, who are you know relatively similar. You might want to look for the one that's that belongs to the county that is part of your part of your catchment area because of that recognition. I mean, it's that stands to reason. For well, there's some talk uh, about sort of uh, Ollie Pope going a bit lower down. Um, I can't remember where he ended up now. Uh, Southern uh, Brave. Southern Brave. Mm. When um, Oval Invincibles picked Sam Billings uh, in the 100k bracket. Uh, sure. uh, and, but Billings is a Kent player and Kent are sure. one of the catchment teams. Uh, I with, think, with, with and, the Invincibles, and, yeah. Um, sure. I mean, uh, and Billings is obviously a very experienced player. And Pope might be playing player. for England Test Rookie. Yeah, so lots point. of reasons there. Uh, yeah. I think one of the main problems, though, is probably the, the perception of, um, of there being some kind of subjectivity and the extent to which teams decided to pick those so you think there's no Leicestershire players in the competition mm. currently and maybe if Leicestershire had been paired with a different county then that analyst or head coach might have decided that they needed a Leicestershire player to win them over um, but it sort of there seems to be a real mix between some squads which are packed with local players and some which have almost none um, and be the Welsh team then yeah, yeah, and London Spirit to an extent as well. Mm. I don't well, think there's a lot. Yeah, of there are a few Glamorgan players, players in, in Welsh fire but not any Welsh players. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the point about Pope is also interesting because, it, you know, I think a lot of the picks can be explained partly because of the fact that the draft, probably to get people like us talking about it as much as anything, was held uh, so early before the tournament. And in most other competitions, yeah. you'll see, you know, maybe three months, I think it's three or four months, usually the IPL auctions held before the first game there. Whereas for us, we're talking, you know, nine, <laughs> nine months before. Another- and therefore, you've seen quite a few players picked. Um, either it, there's a split between people like Ravi Rampal who was picked very early in for I think 75k maybe 60k um, probably on the back of one good season and it's there's no necess- there's no um, guarantee that he'll be able to repeat that form next year but then there's also people who maybe haven't played that much T20 cricket in the past year or so like Bryden Cars George Garton who came in lower down the draft who have very much been picked as sort of potential five year players and people have done their talent scouting and hope that they're going to be someone that they can keep around for years to come. I um, mean, that, that's a bizarre thing. Well, and, and it's eight months before they, pl- they bowl, the first ball was bowled in anger. I mean, mm. you know, it, any, any sort of um, any sort of hangover in, in a positive way of people being excited about or, or being intrigued by what they saw on Sunday as far as the draft is concerned is going to be gone before Christmas. You know, it's just kind of... Just, a, just another one-off event. Just plonked. Just plonked then, yeah, plonked apropos of nothing. <laughs> Um, at, at the, in the beginning of October, I mean, but but then you could shrug your shoulders and say that about virtually everything that's happened ever since the whole thing has been announced. You know, it's been a notwithstanding the way that it looked on Sunday and and the way that that um, the Sky guys carried it off, 
it's kind of you know it's just another another thing you know another thing <laughs> that you could turn to go well you shrug your shoulders and go well all right but but why what was the what was the point of that I suppose the reason the hundred draft was as early as it was goes back to the counties they did not want a situation mm. you get to February or March and you're yeah. like Sussex and, and they have no idea whole players you lose a whole team yeah, yeah. something about that certainty yeah. and, but, uh, but you know that, that, that in yeah. itself is that, that in itself is a problem that's hardwired into the yeah, into the absolutely. competition you know that's that's something that, that event, again if it's if it's to survive um, they need to come up with they need to come up with a better way of doing it. <laughs> well, lots of anomalies. Uh, we touched on kind of the, the uh, arrangements with the teams. Manchester being uh, one uh, example where there is only one county uh, involved in the management, that's Lancashire. Um, has that, Tim, been adequately explained, that whole setup? And does that explain, also sort of contribute to the, their reasoning? They went for a very particular sort of five, ten year strategy with, yeah. you know, building for the future with a lot Although of, lot of players, 25 yeah. and young, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, in Renta here and a few old heads, but a lot of players like Phil Salt, Tom Abel in, in high, uh, yeah, Matt Pugson, in, in high salary bands, yeah. yeah. Um, and then people like Ed Byram and Ed Pollock, uh, very young and in some cases untested. Um, and but Butler talked about them planning for the future because you can retain ten players from yeah. year to year. Um, is is that a sensible move? Do you think? Uh, and and or does this come down to the slight? <laughs> I can see well, butchers. Yeah. <laughs> there's all these there's all these things you're balancing. If you get you might get a really good good young young team with a load of blokes that you know average county cricket fans haven't really heard of, and they win quite a lot of games. But do they get enough people in in the first year? There's a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think a lot of teams to their credit have sort of had the strategy we want to win, you know, maybe three of the first five. But do we even know there's going to be five competitions? Well, we we don't yet. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's things that are being balanced. I think we're well, actually on the the wickets. You know, we always talk about the wickets in the T20 blasts often being not as good as they could be. Mm. But you look at the the approach that a lot of teams are plumped for. You know, they're going to probably do what Ghana have done this TPL, which mm-hmm. prepare wickets absolutely rag, and you might get you know 120 for eight. Plays 110 for nine in a in a hundred game, which, which again, which, which again is is you know the whole thing is just you have to rewind and just go listen. We're, talk, we're talking about players. We're talking about all these sort of these very technical and, and involved cricketing, um, you know, statistical, tactical um, problems and, and things that you'd be looking to solve in in a, in a normal T20 blast season, right? This competition is not supposed to be about this, is it? It was been sold as you know. This is the panacea towards getting more and more people into the game. It's not supposed to be drill down, technical, the sort of stuff that gets these these two boys awake all night, you know, <laughs> jumping up and down with excitement. Let's it not isn't talk su- about what people. It, is, <laughs> it is not, but it isn't supposed to be that. It's well, not supposed to be that. This is supposed to be something that is kind of like f- free fun for everybody. People jumping up and down in the streets, loving a game that they've never seen before. So the fact that we're even talking about this stuff at the moment. Worries the hell out of me. You know, you, you're picking a side for a, a five-year plan, a, a folks that no one's ever heard of. They're the same people that they ignore on a regular basis in, in other forms of the game of cricket. And this is cricket, by the way. Same game. Bat, bowl, field, all of it. Um, and so to, to sort of to, to go through a draft, pick a bunch of guys who are, as, as we know, bloody good cricketers. You know, they stand a real chance of becoming household names, some of them maybe playing test cricket one day, international cricket, whatever. But nobody, get, if you if you don't know anything about cricket and you haven't been following Lancashire in the T Twenty Blast or haven't been followed Lancashire's county championship season, you don't know who the hell they are. So what? So why why all of a sudden are you excited about that? 
Yeah, well, I, I'm going to the um, uh, uh, trial games last year, and uh, Trent Woodhill was enthusing about the sort of the tactical options and all this, mm. uh, and kind of the, you know, frank, who's going to bowl ten balls frankly, in a row and all that. Frankly, and that, that seems stuff, to be that stuff is it's that, just. The opposite who cares? End of the spectrum that's what that you're is that's for. absolutely who cares because <laughs> because that's what if if you're into the game you've been doing that with the with the with the, the versions of cricket that exist already. I'm sorry, excuse me, but right, I don't. I didn't think that was what this was supposed to be about. In some cases, writing books about it. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, so from what we said, yeah, maybe it's been too professional draft. We should have had you know. One team, you're getting Gale. Clown cars. You're getting Chris yeah. Gale. Exactly, yeah, yeah. flamethrowers and uh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're getting Malinga. Precisely. Know, deal with it. You so know. it's a, yeah, it's it's funny. They've almost maybe they've gone too far in terms of sport winning out over <laughs> commerce. Yeah, and the thing yeah. is, the the game as as we need to we need to say this every, almost every time that this thing comes up, the 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 cricket itself um, should be great because you've got lots of people who are very good at playing it. But that's kind of not the point. <laughs> it's not supposed to be the point. Um, it's supposed to be a byproduct of, of something that is that is glitzy and it's accessible and it's kind of ready to go for everybody. It's not supposed to be the thing. Where is uh, where is the uh, Wayne Rooney uh, playing for one of these teams and uh, and the BBC uh, um, <laughs> yeah, live at the Apollo comedians doing the commentary? Where have all these good ideas well, gone? There you go. Um, That's that, that rugby league player who played in the Big it. Bash, Andrew Johns. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and uh, Jeff Wilson, who was uh, involved in the first T Twenty international, the All Black. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, you know, yeah. a, a brilliant conversation <laughs> with um, uh, with a couple of the commentators. We were on the way on the bus to one of the one of the CPL games. Um, who you know they they sort of seen the advertising for the for the draft, um, you know sort of come through the wires wherever we were. I think it might have been Guyana or uh, or Barbados before that, um, and it looked to to, to the untrained of so somebody who hadn't been following it as though that they were going to have um, a couple of women in each team. That it looked like they were mixed teams, right? And and it, the, the conversation, oh, see that's that's really cool. No, that's just, you know, a great idea. You know, I don't know how it's going to work. It could be carnage, you know. But it, so you're going to have this thing, and it's going to be they're going to be mixed teams. And I was like, no, but but, but <laughs> what a but. brilliant idea that would have been. Um, uh, well, they'd had to pay the women a lot more, which is well, well, there you go. That could have been <laughs> a problem. But you know, that it's kind of it, 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 the whole thing should have led itself to to be to, to something like that because as as I keep I keep having to remind myself that the the actual difference in terms of in terms of the game of cricket between the most successful version of the game there's ever been in T20 2.0 or 1.8 um and a, a, a game that is three and a bit overs less there isn't any real difference there's no difference it's the same bloody game and so then and the, the, the and the point of all of that is is that if it isn't that different and if it is essentially still going to be the game the same game then what's the point you know what is the point I completely get the idea of, of eight teams and, and condensing it down, but you call it T20 and you, and you kind of <laughs> and, and you carry on as normal. So, you know, so, that's uh, there is there 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 lies the rub for me. <laughs> the contradictions at the heart of the experiment. And um, it will look like cricket, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. Butch. Maybe not enough like cricketainment. Um, <laughs> in that spirit. Uh, and the bookies have already made a favourite, I think, already. Southern Brave. Who who uh, stood out? Which squad stood out uh, for each viewer? Who will you be keeping an eye on uh, when this whole thing uh, circus rolls around, or not circus, as we've established? So I thought the two strongest were Southern Brave and Oval Invincibles. Uh, Southern Brave, they got their top order batting very strong. You know, Dave Warner. 
James Vince, Andre Andre Russell, obviously a bit of Joffre to, to, to come in for a few games. Uh, Tamal Mills, Chris Jordan, so that's a pretty pretty complete team. And um, and, and the Oval Invincibles, you know, they've they've got their spin attack is very good. They've got Sonny Ryan, Sandy Lamachani, and Fabian Allen. Uh, so they've got three overseas spinners or slash all, all rounders. Uh, I think their yeah, their local batting, Jason Roy, Sam Billings, Riley Russo. Well, Local, well, maybe not local, but domestic anyway. <laughs> He's, yeah, that, that's that's pretty good. And they're death bowling with the Currens and Reese Topley. I think that takes a lot, a lot of boxes. And I think they're also the youngest of the of all the, the teams. I think their average age, twenty seven uh, for London Spirit, it's, it's about two and a half times, uh, two and a half years older than that. Um, so they're two and a yeah. half times would be yeah, a problem. Yeah, it would yeah. be good. Well, that would that would be different. That would be, would be very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like the uh, the Masters T twenty. The, the Zimmer, yeah. the Zimmer yeah. eleven. Uh, Butch, any, anyone catch your eye? Well, I'm going to keep an eye on the Welsh team because somebody's going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Mitchell Stark and Stephen Smith. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a there's a proper proper sort of influx of Australian top quality Australians over there. Um, but you know, you just got to convince people to go and watch it. That's the, that's the thing for for the for the uh, for any teams playing at Cardiff. So um, that needs to work big time. And, and Matt, crunch the numbers yet? Yeah, who's going to win? Uh, I don't know. I think <laughs> I, I, I largely agree with Tim. Oval and Southern Brave look the best two on paper. Um, I think people have already written off Manchester because they probably didn't make quite enough use of their uh, position they were in pre-draft. But I think uh, if you, when you bear in mind that they'll play four games on a slow Old Trafford turner and have Imran Tahir, Mitchell Santner and Matt Parkinson at their disposal, they'll probably be... Uh, a lot more useful and I also think that uh, we're going to see one game where Trent Rockets play on a road at home and uh, Alex Hales and Darcy Short are going to be a lot of fun <laughs> at the top of the order Scored 200 uh, the first 200 <laughs> yeah. of, the, of the 100 Who knows people got quite close in the T10 last year to 200 so it wouldn't be So they should, there should be a few yeah. of those You know you shouldn't underestimate the, the Manchester team because there are, there are that many of them that play together anyway there is a, there's always a certain amount of um, gelling that requires to be done between personalities in any team. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. You can't just can't literally just throw a bunch of guys together and hope that, that just because their numbers look good that they're going to go out and play well together. So they, they they have a certain they have a certain edge because of because of that. Yeah, and if you look at T20 leagues around the world, you know teams with more continuity, so players yeah. who play together more games, they tend to win more matches. Probably a lesson from Guyana, from Chennai as well. They've mm-hmm. had a really strong local core and they've stuck with it. For for a long time, and <laughs> forever, yeah. yeah, forever, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, Manchester's aim is to try, try and stick with that. So that will be one of the challenges. You have, you know, you have four days. You meet four or five days before the first game, and you go bang. We've got a new team. So if you're only actually got half a new team, it, it makes that a little bit easier. So maybe that's that's worth a slight drop off in in actual quality, just to have people who know what they're doing on, on that wicket and know what it's like to be around each other. Have you got the the follow up book planned yet, Tim? Yeah. Cricket three point oh, the hundred one oh one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can have that one. <coughs> Room one oh one. Ouch! Um, give it a chance. It hasn't even started. Yet. <laughs> uh, we've got plenty of time uh, for that. <laughs> Whether the hundred ends up being uh, worth the millions is going to generate thousands of column inches between now and next summer. Mm. Uh, let's move on to another format that people were initially dubious about. Uh, England are currently making the trip to New Zealand, uh, which is not something you can easily shorten. Ahead uh, of five T20Is starting on November 1st. Uh, quite a lot is different about the makeup of the touring party, not least the identity of the head coach, though he is a uh, familiar face after Ashley Giles opted to uh, promote Chris Silverwood to the top job. Um, 
continuity pitch, uh, continuity pick, uh, Butch. There, mm. but a, a good choice. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he in the end, he and and Graham thought both had their hats in the ring for it, um, and obviously, I mean, Spoon's sort of recent success in the in the championship with Essex and the, and the fact that he has been a a bona fide head coach before probably lifted him above uh, above Thorpey in in that uh, regard. And I think that Thorpe is probably a, a, a better lieutenant than a than a main man. Anyway, he'll be buzzing me when he hears it. He, of course, he'll be listening. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, no, I mean, on, on that score, I, I don't. I mean, you know, the, the difficulty is always um, when you're when you're managing a, a county team. It's it's just much easier to to deal with. You've got you've only got a certain amount of um, high maintenance sort of large ego players and in some in some counties you don't have any you know it's much easier to kind of mold teams in the image that you want them to play in and to, to organize people um and in international career it can be like herding cats really at times i'm not sure i don't think that this england team um you know qualifies as being hard to, to take care of there may be one or one or two individuals as there always is um so look it's a, it's it's an interesting pick i think from, from a lot of people on the outside it's nice that they've gone for for an Englishman mm. um, to, to run the national team there are obviously the, the usual suspects but had their hats in the ring for from overseas Mickey Arthur probably being, being one of them Gary yeah. Kirsten etc there was a lot of experience out there who were after the job um, and so it's a, a massive vote of confidence for, for Spoons and he comes into it as I said, with that that currency of winning the championship recently, but also with a, with a bit of a job to do because the, the test team is is in flux, mm-hmm. um, which is which is polite. Um, they are champions at fifty over game. That they're they're pretty much favourites. Will be right up there amongst the, the top two or three to win the t- the world T Twenty. So um, you've got you've got expectation on the one hand, and you've got rebuilding to do on the other. Um, none of which is particularly straightforward. And from sort of Ashley Charles's point of view, actually. Uh, he's taken something of a, a risk, I think, because if he'd appointed, uh, you know, one of those overseas mm-hmm. coaches, you know, mm-hmm. a, a Gary Kirsten or whoever, mm-hmm. that if that hadn't worked, people would have said, well, he was the obvious pick. You're not going to get criticised. If this doesn't, if this doesn't mm-hmm. work, Ashley Giles will get some criticism. So he's he's been quite quite bored actually in who who he's picked. Um, and the English thing is, it, it is part of this. I mean, I don't think Chris Silverwood had this been an equivalent job overseas, South Africa or whoever, he would not have got have got the job. So mm-hmm. clearly, his nationality has been a big thing in his favour. Um, so it's it's one of those things actually. We uh, the kind of currency of English coaches is at a bit of a low at the moment. Mm. So there'll be lots of lots of English coaches hoping uh, Silwood does very very well mm. because if he does well, that will kind of make English coaches more attractive across the board. Conversely, if he if he doesn't, there might be a feeling if he was kind of the best, then you know for those, those other guys who want opportunities, not just internationally but in T Twenty leagues and whatever, and in the hundred indeed, you know that'll be that'll be be bad for them. Um, yeah, so. The, con- the continuity pick, um, and yeah, he's, he's uh, from Ashley Joel's point of view, he's, he's kind of put his neck on the line a little bit with, with this. Um, Matt, he will uh, initially, uh, certainly for the you know the DC twenties. Owen Morgan has confirmed his intention to play on. Uh, uh, the white ball teams have been Owen Morgan's domain for sort of four years now, so in that sense, he won't be looking to do too much. Yeah, I mean, it probably feeds into a wider point a bit. I suppose um, there's an extent to which Silverwood was sounded like it was almost last man standing uh, in in the application process because obviously you know we had heard uh, Alex Stewart pulled out for family reasons. Uh, Gary Kirsten supposedly interviewed poorly, and you know by by the end it seemed like Silverwood was the sort of the the one obvious candidate left. Um, but I think what that 
probably showed is how you know international jobs have become so much less attractive in the past 10 15 years um, because you know you can earn a pretty decent salary with one or two jobs around the world in a franchise tournament um, and have you know seven eight months where you're on largely free yeah <laughs> pretty much spending time with your family and on the golf course which is <laughs> You know, sounds like a pretty ideal way to live, rather than you know going on tours to all sorts of different places and playing those you know horrible three-day tour matches before series when no one really wants to be there, all that sort of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I think in in a way it's a shame that um, that uh, well, I think the fact that Giles was uh, in charge of the process probably means that uh, he was less inclined to split the roles up, which I think would have been the, the obvious thing to do in an age where Test cricket and T20 cricket are such different beasts, and there are two World World Cups coming up in T20 format. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think, you know, Silverwood's T20 experience when you're competing against guys who have worked in the IPL, the Big Bash, the Bangladesh Premier League, the PSL have all this experience worldwide. Silverwood's had two. T20 blast seasons with Essex where they came I think fourth and sixth in the group with a pretty useful side so I, I don't really see what his credentials are to be leading would, a team would that you should really be wanting to win the World Cup Would you you talk about splitting it would you would you have gone uh, just a, a, a different coach for the T20 and left the, the 50 over and the, and the and the test team together I, Is that I, what you're talking I think about? I'd probably have gone a test only and then a white ball coach, so like mm. they did in the uh, in yeah. the Giles era when he was white ball coach. There was coach a massive, massive problem with that, though. There was, but I think the games are probably. I think the, the formats have probably evolved enough um, because of the fact that England are now separating the teams a lot more. And you know, back, the, one of the problems then was that people were being rested from all white ball cricket because we were because England were prioritising test matches mm. so much. Whereas I think now with a focus on two World T20s and a 50-over format that's you know, effectively secondary for the next 24 months, I don't really see why we shouldn't uh, there shouldn't have uh, been a position where you had effectively a specialist T20 coach coaching the T20 team, but also using a lot of the same players mm. in 50-over games. And the big difference between now and then is, of course, when Annie Flower was head coach of everything, if you appoint someone, spill up his role, he's still going to be the boss because he was, he was mm. there first. If you're mm. appointing two new guys together, you create parity. Um, and if you have a <laughs> weird counterfact, if you imagine that um, when Trevor Bates was appointed, there was one Trevor Bates who was a test coach and one that was a white ball coach. The test <laughs> so he coach, was, he was two anyway. Yeah, well, which is kind the of test mu- coach would not have lasted four years. So actually, have someone who, was, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, he'd have, he'd have been sat it's after kind of, three kind of my point is though, is that the way that they do, the way that they tend to do this anyway, um, in terms of sharing that, you know, the, one, the head coach might not go on every tour. You know, they kind of tend. To, it looks like they're split anyhow. It, perhaps in practice more than in name, um, and so that you didn't necessarily have to uh, have to appoint two separate people when you could when when the reins could be sort of uh, sort of shared between mm. the, whoever's uh, there in the and that does seem sort of Giles's indications, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, so how they're going to do it. Paul Collingwood is, uh, mm. maybe takes more of a role mm. on, on that side. I mean, I guess uh, again, I, I, not someone who has the same experience as Gary Kirsten of T Twenty leagues. This is interesting. Just hearing the way that Matt Matt described it, though, I suppose that you did you you, you did perhaps miss out on the opportunity of perhaps bringing in I don't know Tom Moody off the top of my head, somebody who has sort of been there and done it all in terms of the league, mm. just to look after the T Twenty team mm. for the next for the next four years, which which might have been interesting. But who's to say that they won't? Dip into that enormous checkbook and, and, and get into coming <laughs> as a consultant anyway. You know, mm. who you know, who knows? And there's a lot of talk about this, this sort of this balance between you know the new head coach getting a, a better work-life balance than the previous one. I just, I just think in practice when it comes to it, and they've had some bad results, they've had some defeats, they're mm. under pressure. Are they going to want to actually 
troth it with, with someone no, else. I mean, and, and the thing that I could never... Remember when that all came to a head, you bring up Andy Flower, um, the, the, with the whole Kevin Peterson thing. I mean, that, was, that just made me cry with laughter because on the one hand, you had KP wanting a bit of time off or wanting to go off and play in the IPL and being absolutely castigated for it and, and despised even more than he was already for that. And then in the very next breath, you wanted the co- coach wanted to take to take tours off because he was away for too long. It's kind of mate, you don't even play. You sat there on your backside <laughs> the whole time, you know. So it's a it's an interesting one, and 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 really and truly, they should have figured out a way of being able to do it by now. And, and I'm sure they will have in terms of sharing the sharing the load with the with the coaches. Well, they just put, you know, look, selectors are the most important people still anyway. They really are, you know. You if you get if you get selections right, or if you make a if you have a policy in terms of the type of players that you're after, as was shown in the fifty over, fifty over game for the last four and a half years, you then hand it over to to the coach and the captain, and they mold they can mold a team into something that's going to win, which they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the head coach is kind of Trevor Bayliss famously just sat there in his floppy and said, "He's Get a, on with it. He's a facilitator. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, co- the head coach always um, has been, always will be." Uh, mention of, of World Cups on the horizon. This series uh, in New Zealand is all about next generation talent, really, uh, as far as England concerned. Uh, first choice players: Josh Butler, Ben Stokes, Jason Roy, Moeen Ali, all rested. No Joe Root as well. Um, instead, it will be the likes of Tom Banton, Pat Brown, Matt Parkinson, Sakib Mahmood, looking to uh, stake their claims for future mm. involvement. Uh, who are you most looking forward to seeing there, uh, Matt? Uh, Lewis Gregory, of course. I, I think England England need a finisher, uh, and Lewis Gregory's got a great opportunity to prove that he should be that man. He had a brilliant blast season last year, um, strike rate of two ten, I think it was in the end, and then uh, injured for most of this one. So he's still, you know, he's he's got his place based on one good season, effectively. Um, but I think if England can find someone who can, you know, they have tons of options who could bat anywhere between one and five and would do a job, but they don't really have a, a key. A sort of clear six or seven that they might have, um, that other teams might. Um, so if they can find someone who they think is good enough, and if Gregory is good enough to make the step up to international cricket, um, I, you know, there, there are still, I think because he's played so little in the format compared to, um, a lot of other guys on the international circuit, there's still a big question as to whether he's good enough against spin. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing whether he can, you know, nail Yorkers for six like he did in the blast last season. Pat Brown is mm. going to be so disappointed you didn't <laughs> m- well, mention his name. He's Brown and, Brown and Parkinson. <laughs> oh, there we go. I was, I was naming, I was naming Brown. Well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, Bart, yeah. bowlers he won't be these, answering your calls. Bowlers <laughs> win with these tournaments. And, um, and if Pat Brown... I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? The test is... Um, Pat Brown has had a little bit of a taste of, of franchise cricket overseas and, and has been superb in the, in the blast. He seems to... Sort of from, this, from last year to this... He's he's developed still further. He's got more tricks. He seems to know instinctively the, the ball to bowl, the right the right move to make at the at the death. Um, and if he can, you know, if he can continue to be as cool and as, as sort of clear headed about doing that in international cricket as he is playing for Worcestershire, then England have got an absolute gem. And that was absolute a, gem. That was a crucial thing in his selection was the sort of the way he carried himself on finals day. I think because mm. you know. For a 21-year-old, he he is clearly quite level-headed and clearly very, you know, there are a lot of people who would be really stressed out in the heat of the moment. Um, and he's, you know, he 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 
nailed his Yorkers in both the semi and the final, and there were you know there were some brilliant moments like his, his non-celebration after taking a wicket. I think Paul Walter in the nineteenth over against Essex, he just sort of you know shrugged his shoulders. Job's half done. It was you know reminiscent of Stokes's non-celebration of his Headingley hundred. It was it was you know really, <laughs> it was quite um quite the moment. So yeah, I, I'm I think um, England have a lot of options at the death. They have Tom Curran, Joffrey Archer. Um, uh, Chris Jordan, just to, uh, you know, even Chris Wokes could probably do a job. Harry Gurney's done it on on the uh, global circuit, and I don't think he's a million miles off a call. But um, yeah, I, well, I, but sadly for for Harry, he probably it's not coming now because of the, you know he's, he's not a good fielder and, and all the rest of it. But bloody hell, he, kind of, <laughs> he makes people look like monkeys at the yeah. end of the innings. He really does. <laughs> so you know, it, it's he. It, He'd be somebody that you you wouldn't dismiss out of hand, but I would imagine that he's not going to get much of a run between now and uh, and the uh, and the World Cup. I mean, it's sorry, it, just he didn't even get a chance here. He's got he's got his Matt Parkinson stats up his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us now, Tim. Go. <laughs> no, I was just saying, like international T Twenty, it, it's very tricky. Is there a full chapter on this in the book? <laughs> 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 you have to have to have to read between the lines of it, but. Um, <laughs> You have to a, buy it first. Yeah, you have to buy it first, actually. <laughs> um, now, all good bookshops. Um, but the international T20 is, is very hard to, to build a team because you go between a World Cup and another, you have a load of games which are basically friendlies. Mm. People aren't too bothered about who wins. And, and England's, I think, have won 12 and lost 10 since the last World Cup when they got to the final. You kind of shrug so. your shoulders. I mean, the last gaming played a T20 against Pakistan in May, which was. And yeah, I mean, they, so, <laughs> like, they are. They are. That's the quiz question. I don't know what you think, but my view is and. And is that they are just aimless fixtures mainly non, non-tournament T20 international T20 unless of course you're, the, you know, you're an associate team or whatever where they're bloody important but they're just, they just don't mean anything they're just kind of exhibition matches more than anything else so it's impossible to read anything into um, you know, the, the, the results or the, or the teams that are being picked you can't even remember the last two that England played so now it kind of it, it hoves into focus because it's, it's there you know, the, the tournament is being built for but even still, you just still think to yourself... It's a year it's away. Really, yeah, <laughs> it's really... You know, these five in New Zealand, who really cares? No one. Uh, <laughs> apart from the individual players who might have a chance to, to, to put themselves in the frame to get picked for the, for the finals themselves. And we're now in an opposition where we have a structure in Test cricket, a structure in ODI cricket, but mm. the most popular format. We have, we have nothing, no. so we just bumble along from one game to the next. Yeah. And, the, the and, I, and I'm more than happy for that to continue. I'm more than happy for them not to play any at all until you get, until you get within a month of the comp. Because I just don't see the point. There's, there's enough of it. There's enough of it knocking around. Um, and, you, and everybody should be in the same boat. You pick your players from the best around the world. Well, moving on then. Uh, as, <laughs> as, as, uh, <laughs> you know, it'd be great fun to watch. Sorry, what am I saying? Yeah. No, uh, as we've touched on, uh, perhaps more important is whether uh, Silverwood can get the test team playing the spoons way. Um, T20s are followed by, yeah, very good, <laughs> followed by two, a two-match non-World Test Championship series. Um, and there was one significant omission from the squad there. One significant uh, tactical decision, really. Uh, uh, no Johnny Burstow and Joss Butler to keep. Butch, mm. uh, we've, we've, <laughs> we've done this one before, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Look, the, 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 the nettle has been grasped, um, and whatever reason they, reasons they've given to Johnny for, for him not being there, it basically means that they get the chance to try out the, uh, the batting order with Joss Butler in it at seven, um, whilst doing an all-rounder's job as opposed to to being a batsman who you know batting with whose their job is there to bat with the tail, um, and so it gives it gives England a, a clear opportunity. A to see if Joss's wicket keeping is up to it. 
because it will need to be. It's not just a case of throwing anybody the glove. Um, and then see where the see where the the, the, the pawns will fall between uh, numbers two and number six <laughs> because it's still I mean it's still a huge problem. Um, you know, but my view is pretty well known. Johnny for me is one of the one of the best five batters that we've got, and that him batting at seven and keeping is a complete waste when you're not scoring any runs. Um, and so you know his his opportunity if if it all goes the way that uh, the selectors and, and and the new coach are hoping it does, and Joss proves himself to be. Uh, worthy of the the job behind the stumps, then Johnny's job would be to get himself back in the side and nail down a position between three and three and six. Oh. And end of the story. Yeah, and until now with with Butler and Basto, we've had the thing where Basto feels he kind of has first first dib at, mm. dibs at the gloves. So there's a few moments where they miss probably to give Butler the gloves. I think before the te- fifth test against India last year at the mm. Oval, because uh, because when when Butler had kept in the fourth and, and batted well as well, that was a chance they probably. Probably missed to, to give. Best had had that finger injury. Yeah, so he, he batted for a test yeah. and didn't didn't seem to enjoy it by all, by all accounts. And mm. then he, he got the gloves back. And then we had a problem with Ben Folks, and when Ben Folks came in, did very well. And then then Bester came had in a few games of specialists and then got the gloves back. Mm. But, but actually, by giving them to, to Butler, you can basically say if he does well, you know, he is he is a keeper. So for Bester, he's got to find a slot in that top mm. six. And and, and and quite frankly, if and if he do, if he doesn't work out for Joss. If it doesn't work out for him batting at seven and, 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 the, and the keeping's shocking or whatever it might be, then you know, then you say to yourself, "Well, Ben Folks is Ben Folks is your man because you, you've got somebody who, who is a sort of faultless keeper um, and who, who will score you runs." Currently, averages forty in Test cricket, number seven. <laughs> um, and, and again, you know, that, I, I wouldn't say that, that Joss's failure in that position, should it happen. Is is necessarily a, a oh there you go I told you so that should be Johnny's place again I think they will look again at, at, at trying to put a, a specialist keeper batsman down there in the hope that um, they they can get better returns and more consistent returns out of Johnny the batsman higher up. Um, talking of specialists, uh, Matt, uh, is it time for Dom Sibley to get that chance at the top of the order? And albeit that Joe Denley nearly scored a hundred in his last uh, innings as an opener um, and is is in touring party and could bat number three um, but there's Sibley included at first time and Zach Crawley of course yeah I think um, I think Sibley will get his opportunity I think the, the the worry for England is that we've seen so many openers over the past probably five years have one good championship season which has then proved to be a bit of an outlier um, mm. well his is two now isn't it well it's not even it's sort of one and a bit because it was the it was the last month of 2018 mm. he was really he scored 300s having done nothing all summer mm. um, and then this year was again you know the standout batsman and by all accounts has changed his game almost unrecognisably he's got a, a very wide open stance the Gary Palmer inspired mm. stance mm. that we've seen happen before sort of a, a mirror image Alistair Cook type player um, but you know it's it's very difficult to to say with any great certainty whether Sibley's going to be, um, you know how he's going to match up against what is a, a very good New Zealand team. I think it's very easy to forget and sort of think that New Zealand are um, because it's a two Test series and it's not in the Test Championship that it's almost why like is it friendly. not in the Test Championship by the way? Uh, because they did all the the FTP was all done before and then they said we need to put the Test Championship on top of this England have more series so tough luck New Zealand they had to go right, they're, they're, these are now friendlies 
Um, and that goes back to the problem of you don't you shouldn't create a schedule and then put a league on top of it. You should mm. create a league first, which is why it's nonsense. That so it's good having people who know stuff. On <laughs> we can do the whole yeah. World Test Championship chat again yeah. <laughs> with, uh, with, with expert which analysis. Is, yeah. Which is why, as we know, it's nonsense. You have you have nine teams during play, six of them over a two year cycle. Yeah. Mm. yeah right, but actually, uh, England. <laughs> to be fair, the England selection they prioritise this Test series over the T Twenty series. Certainly, mm. I think Arthur Ashes. You know, England will not want to lose lose this series and. I think a draw would be a pretty decent result given they lost New Zealand last time. Not one in New Zealand, 2008. I think, no, there's been like there's been a draw or three eight. down there. Plus, there's the, the the important consideration of the fact that South Africa away is suddenly, given how poorly they've been uh, playing in India, it looks like a, a must-win series. You know, if if England go to South Africa and get beat, then against the side that have a decent pace attack, but not by the looks of things that much in the way of batting mm. at all. Mm. Um, then suddenly that's you know Silverwood could be in some trouble quite early if he's got you know a defeat in New Zealand and a defeat in South Africa to his name and then he's going to Sri Lanka in March and it's you know by no means clear who the second spinner would be there um, yeah it's suddenly you know it, they, it could but go one of the two ways could get worse there, are, there, are no, there aren't any easy tours no easy wins you know on the road that is for sure you know, mm. England still haven't won in the West Indies since 2004 mm. there's, there's you know New Zealand um, victories down there are absolutely few and far between for, for England touring team so look it, it's, you've got a new coach and, and lots of people trying to make their way as as, as bona fide test players it's, it's a huge trip absolutely huge for, for a lot of reasons and and no James Anderson on this one of mm. course uh, Tim England have taken two of the players you mentioned in the T20s uh, Saki Bermud and Matt Parkinson uh, as backup, you would assume, but um, yeah, I think interesting England, picks nonetheless. Yeah, I think England are slowly trying to build what they're, they're going to have to have a test team where you know it's it's broad or Anderson. It's not it's not both from now on. So it'll be interesting actually if for Sam Current's a big series for him. He he mm. might have a chance to right great conditions for him. In, in terrific New conditions for if, him, if, and he did he did very well the last last test against Australia. Mm-hmm. But he's got a chance to be a, a sweet you know a swing bowler who, who's you know. First choice in the team, really, because he, he outballed Chris Brooks at the Oval. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's made a big impact for England Test, but there's still that kind of is he more of a batsman or, or more of a bowler thing? Um, and yeah, a, a big series for him to actually sort of cement his place potentially in, in the team. Um, yeah, uh, there's, there's a lot to play for for a lot, lot of players. I mean, in that like series. Ollie Pope, I, I, w- I would imagine. I mean, I don't know how they're going to line this up, but I would imagine that. It would depend on how the conversation goes with, with Dominic Sibley, I would think. Because mm. I, I reckon that they might be reasonably keen in keeping Joe Denny at the top of the order, you know, after given mm-hmm. what he's done. In which case, you know, Sibley, Sibley slots in there at number three, or, you know, either, yeah. either combination. Route gets to go back to his preferred, <laughs> yeah. preferred spot. Uh, everybody's preferred, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> barring a few. But yeah, and Joe, and Joe gets to go back to four. I mean, that's, that, looks, that looks better already, doesn't it? It kind of looks like something that is. is, is Infinitely more serviceable than what we've had in the summer, um, which then leaves you know the, the the really exciting player on the trip is is um, is Ollie Pope. I mean, you know, again, what does he average now? His first class cricket, sixty something. Uh, he's into the seventies. He's into the seventies now. It's absolutely yeah. mental. In the um, tough areas of that. Yeah, and he's you know he's he, he has the opportunity, but might have the opportunity um, to bat somewhere slightly. Less rarefied than where he was asked to the first time he came around, which was which was a nonsense then and would still be a nonsense now. Um, where he could end up, you know, Stokes could bat at five, depending on how much bowling they think he's going to do, and 
Ollie Pope could end up at six, which is where he's made most of those runs for Surrey. So it's, uh, that's very, very exciting because that could throw a massive spanner in, in the Johnny Bairstow works. Um, because, you know, here is a, here's a, a youngster who, who also, incidentally, keeps wicket. Um, <laughs> I, I'd urge him to leave his gloves at home. Don't take them with you, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, has, a, has all the talent in the world to become somebody that will score a heck of a lot of runs at test matches if he's, he's given the chance to bed himself in for a little time. So, so potentially, I think, that the route back for Basto looks to be in place of Denley and possibly batting at number three. Mm-hmm. Where obviously he got that century against Sri Lanka, but mm. it will take some, some you know, big readjustment of his technique and his, his mindset. Well, mindset more than anything, he has to want to do it, doesn't he? But but the thing is, you, once once you've had the you've had the uh, you've had the goodies taken away from you, you become hungrier to do whatever you're asked, don't you? But the, the, all the while, that it, it was his job to kind of to dis- well, it appeared anyway with probably doing who, the, the management a disservice, but it affe- appeared as though if Johnny wasn't happy, he, he, Johnny didn't do what you wanted him to do. But that, that situation has now been removed because he's now battling to get himself back in again. And as we saw during the World Cup, a, a, a peeved Johnny Bairstow uh, can be a powerful force. <laughs> um, one other recent development, uh, uh, noteworthy given where England are touring, um, EC, uh, the ECB, the ICC, uh, has decided to do away with the boundary countback rule that led to uh, England, of course, lifting the World Cup in July. <laughs> do you think that game will get a mention at all over the, <laughs> the coming week? Even better trolling, that is, isn't it? Poor <laughs> old Kiwis. I mean, they, can, they can't even stand by the decision that they made after, like, <laughs> three weeks later, three months later, <laughs> they still would have won the game. And it would have had the chance. Like- no, it would never happen again, yeah. Don't get a chance for their revenge. Bizarre. <laughs> I mean, I think it's bright, you know. It's one of those things that when I remember when it flashed up on the screen. Did, did you guys <laughs> you guys had any uh, any idea of this before you saw it on the screen? Yeah, or so no. grabbing the scorecard trying to work out? What the hell happened here? I did yeah. look, just looked the first time I saw it. I read it and I was kind of like, that looks like something that they've just. They thought, well, this is never <laughs> going to happen, and just kind of like lobbed it out there. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh my god, no. No, please. Yeah, um, I think it's one of those things. End of, end of the committee meetings, everyone's asleep. Yeah, yeah just yeah, wave it on through. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, that or, sounds, or go to the bar. That sounds yeah. absolutely yeah. fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, oh, well, boy. From, from now on, it's endless super overs, which sounds like a, a possible idea for the hundred. Um, but I, do you have to? Do you have to change the personnel? Would you have to different bowler, two different batters? That is a good question. I've not like, you know, like the, 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 those playing conditions either. I'll probably wait until like we get to that situation. Like you, you have to remove player. people from the, from the team and yeah. go down to nine or something. Well, you get your, your, your wicketkeeper's bowler. <laughs> that would be the great, idea, yeah, great yeah. idea for the hundred. There, you go. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> Joss he, Butler bowling to like, Lockie Ferguson <laughs> and Trent Bowl. Like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that go. would be great. Easy. Marketing. Yeah. Piece of piss. Sorry, excuse <laughs> And it me. would be different. <laughs> yeah. You can have that one for free, uh, the ECB marketing department. Um, you know, there'll be plenty of for us to talk about, uh, I'm sure, uh, even if Kiwi time is not the most hospitable for following the games here. Don't worry, though. We'll be up through the night because, frankly, we've got nothing better to do. Um, my thanks, as ever, to Butch, Matt and Tim, um, all great content providers, and <laughs> influencers. <laughs> Let's not go that far. All right, bunch and of contents. <laughs> What's the name of the book again, Tim? Cricket 2.0 Inside the T20 Revolution. Uh, we've talked to everyone from Brennan McCullum to Owen Morgan, Sonia Narayan, Kieran Pollard, Rahul, Rahul Dravid, and Ricky Ponting, uh, and it's out now uh, in bookshops throughout the UK uh, and in ebook around the world. There we go. And thanks to you all for tuning in to the Switch Hit Podcast on ESPNPreview.com. 